Nobody's got any questions. Good. I thought you brought the questions. I do. I've got the questions. <laughs> that's, that's Scott's job. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I have two jobs. One is to provide everybody with microphones, although you bought your own. so I, I did. I, well. I brought the heat today. Yeah, Troy. Dr. Smith bought his own mic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Why buy it when you're getting it for free? You gave, uh, you gave me mine. So wow. I'm, like, I'm not spending money on this thing. Well played. <laughs> it's Who Cares About Men's Health. That's the name of the podcast. What do we do here? We provide information, inspiration, and motivation to understand and engage in your health so you can feel better today and in the future. My name is Scott Singpill. I am the manager of thescoperadio.com, and I care about men's health. And I'm Dr. Troy Madsen. I'm an emergency physician at the University of Utah, and I care about men's health. And I'm John Smith. I'm a non-surgical urologist at the University of Utah, and I care about men's health. All right. Hey, it's uh, Dr. Smith. Dr. John, can I call you John? Dr. Smith? You can surely call me John. Uh, It's John's first time on the show. Welcome. This is exciting. Thank you. Welcome, John. Thanks for joining us. I noticed Troy's not clapping. He's not nearly as excited as I am, but that's okay. He's, he's <laughs> I'm, a very tough. Excited. He's, I'm very excited. He's, he's tough to win over sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. We'll see. we'll see how you do. We'll see how you do. I'm still warming up to you. So We'll yeah. see if I can get him to clap by the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try. Um, hey, so, Dr. Smith, thank you for being on the show. We're going to do some listener questions today. We're going to get to those in just a couple of seconds. Uh, but first, Troy, I'm curious, as an emergency room physician, what is the general take in the medical field on urologists? Like when I said, we're going to have a urologist on, what goes through your mind? Uh, what goes through my mind? Well, we very regularly talk to our urologists. We see all sorts of urologic emergencies in the emergency department, whether it's trauma related or, you know, other issues we're seeing. So it's, they're people we talk to frequently. So it's, it's someone we rely on in the emergency department and we're very grateful always to, to have their assistance. All right. So it's great to have their assistance, but I mean, what do you really think about urologists in general? <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying, <laughs> Scott, what are you getting at here? <laughs> well, I mean, in all fields of medicine, right? Like, isn't there a little uh, friendly competition between all y'all? And there's I'm some, jealous some scary- of urologists. It's a yeah. great field. It's a okay. really great field. It's a very competitive specialty. It's a great field. You know, it's it's one of those things where the people I knew who went into urology in med school were great people, like good friends of mine. And it's you know, it's it's really a, it's a I think it's it's a very well respected specialty. Doctor Smith, are there some urology stereotypes out there? Oh, of course. Yeah, what um, are some of these urology stereotypes? Because I think I've noticed some patterns when I've met a few of you urologists. <laughs> I, I guess on the other are, side, are you trying? Are you just trying to get him to crack some dirty jokes? Is that where we're going, Scott? <laughs> Any, anything for ratings, man. Anything There's a ratings. few good urology jokes out there that are that are semi family friendly. Uh, well, hold hold on that, because actually at the end of the show, I'm going to ask you to end with a urologist joke. So <laughs> hold on to that. OK, <laughs> well, then I'll save my favorite for then. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but are there are there kind of some stereotypes in the in the medical field when it comes to urologists? It seems like urologists tend to have a better sense of humor than some of the other specialties. They're cracking jokes a lot. Is I that mean, fair? Or? I would agree with that. I think, you know, most of them are good natured, fun loving uh, guys that and gals um, that you know, we like to, they like to have a good time, but they also are very intelligent, like to work hard and, and, uh, and take care of, and take care of folks. All right. Sounds good. I can't wait for the joke at the end though. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be great. A good <laughs> yeah, urology Stick joke. around for the joke. <laughs> for no other reason. <laughs> We've got a good joke on the way. These questions uh, for our urologist, Dr. John Smith came from a few different sources. First of all, we have a listener line. 
you can call and leave a message, and uh, that is 601-557-2673, or easy way to remember it, 601-55-SCOPE. You can also email hello at thescoperadio.com, and we also got a few Facebook direct messages. So if you have a question for urologists, those are the channels that you can get those to us. So we figured we'd start with urologists because a lot of times when it comes to the medical field, it seems like urological questions are the ones a lot of us guys are hesitant or embarrassed to ask. Why is it that guys are embarrassed to talk about this stuff, do you think? I mean, it's just our bodies, right? Sure, it's our bodies, but it's... You know, it's something that's obviously very personal and people crack jokes about their genitalia. And so I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it's something that and and it really gets it at the essence of our manhood. You know, if you're talking about erectile dysfunction, that's sure it's a medical issue, but it it really gets at the essence of your virility and your your manliness. I think it's it's tough to bring up and it's tough to really to to be willing to address it for sure. I think that's true. And then you also have the the society stereotypes. Um, you know, it does get to the heart of manliness. And uh, a lot of people feel like, well, if I can't perform, I'm not a, you know, certain one way or another. I mean, I've heard it all um, from different guys who have different perceptions of things. But again, I mean, it is, it's a body part that uh, can break down just like anything else. You see an athlete tear their ACL. I mean, it happens. People get injured, um, not necessarily with the erectile dysfunction, but, you know, sometimes it's it's related to, to other medical problems where, you know, it's it's very difficult to uh, to avoid. If you want to ask a question, you know, and you are a little embarrassed or hesitant, uh, we're going to make this as simple as possible. So you can say that you're asking for a friend. If that makes you feel better, we'll totally believe that. Uh, you don't have to use your real name. You can make up a name. You can, you know, even use a fake name that's obviously fake, like, uh, you know, John Smith, for example. Uh, and uh, we're just trying to make it super safe. Um, and as a matter of fact, we're making it so safe that we we have a urologist who is obviously also using a fake name. So this is about as anonymous as it gets. Yeah, Witness protection has been good to me through the years. <laughs> there you go. Nice. All right, here we go. Question number one. Hi, uh, my name is uh, John Smith, and I'm calling in on the um, urology line to ask the question, can guys really get urinary tract infections? I thought it was more of a woman thing. Anyway, um, just asking for a friend. Thank you. Okay, so yeah, great question. I guess I am in the same camp. I guess I figured that uh, urinary tract infections, uh, mainly women get them. Can, can men get them? So a couple different reasons why a man would get a urinary tract infection. Um, as men age, their prostates continue to grow. Your your nose, your ears, and your prostate continue to grow, but they only told you the first uh, two in uh, school growing up. But uh, when your prostate gets larger, it can obstruct your urinary flow and, and predispose you to urinary tract infections. Uh, that's one of the most common things that we'll see. The gentleman has a urinary tract infection and, and uh, he's older. Prostate's generally the cause. Uh, another common thing we'll see where, where men will have a urinary tract infection is if they have a stricture of their urethra. Um, sometimes you can have a narrowing of the urethra for whatever reason. Sometimes it's trauma-related. Sometimes we can never pinpoint why it happens. Anything that obstructs the flow of urine. Um, so another way a man could get a, a urinary tract infection, sometimes kidney stones uh, that are infected can uh, can cause a urinary tract infection or even a kidney infection. So those would be you know a couple of the ways that a man could get a urinary tract infection. Uh, men are less likely to get a urinary tract infection because their urethra is about 20 centimeters long and a female's is about three centimeters long. So hmm. the distance traveled is, is much further. Um, but you know, it definitely can happen. 
Uh, what if you have to pee, like oftentimes find yourself in a situation where you have to pee, but you, you don't have the ability to do so? Can that cause urinary tract infections? If you're like a long haul truck driver or something like that, and you're not going to the bathroom as often as you should. You can predispose yourself to that. It's less likely um, if there's not an obstruction. So I tell my patients, you're either a pond or you're a river. Um, and what that means is, is you're either, if you've ever been around a pond of stagnant water, you know what happens to it. And a river generally doesn't look like that. So someone without an obstruction is more like a river and things are just kind of cleared out with the urine flowing. And then when you become a pond and have urinary retention where you don't empty your bladder the way that you should, you predispose yourself to, uh, to an infection and looking like that stagnant pond water. All right. And what does that urinary tract infection feel like? I mean, I've heard about it a lot. Right. <laughs> women in my life, but. <laughs> so it, it, it depends and, and on. Rightly so. It's painful. It yeah. sounds <laughs> awful. Yeah. yeah. Get, myself, <laughs> get myself in trouble here. <laughs> you are going to get yourself in trouble. Scott. Asking for a friend, right, Scott? <laughs> yes, Asking for yes. a friend. Uh, friends um, have told me they've heard friends this. Friends have told, yeah. yeah, women in their life have said things. Yeah. I've, uh, I've heard. So generally, folks will end up with dysuria or burning with urination. Some people go to the bathroom more frequently. Some guys will get a kind of groin pain pain, flank pain, testicular pain can also occur. Those are signs that you could have that. You know, fever and chills can also be a sign. Um, some people complain of a change in their urine color or cloudiness or a, a smell to the urine. Those ones aren't as well kind of, they don't necessarily mean you have an infection as, as much as some of the others do. Um, but you should definitely come in, have your urine evaluated, make sure that there's, you know, not something that we need to get treated and take care of. Yeah, the good news about all those symptoms you mentioned, if any of that stuff started happening on a regular basis, I think I'm going to go visit a doctor, you know? Yeah, you yeah, probably those should. Those aren't subtle things. Yeah, I mean, you start yeah. seeing blood in your urine and <laughs> burning, you're going to get checked out. Question number two, this one is one that came in through Facebook Messenger. Um, no shock here. It's from John Smith. And uh, asking for a friend, is there any legitimacy to exercises that promise more size, girth, stamina, those sorts of things. You know, those emails you get, right, that say, do these exercises and all these good things will happen. Now, you're referring to, to bicep girth or what's, <laughs> what's, the, what's the gist here, Scott? These, these emails are generally in your junk folder. <laughs> oh. And they're promising. And referring to your junk. Okay. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. It. Why it's a Got junk it. mailbox. Yes. That's right. Because <laughs> that's Got all it. that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Smith, uh, is there any legitimacy to any of those exercises? I can't confirm that there's any legitimacy there to any of that stuff. Uh, the one thing we do know is that diet and exercise can help the quality of your erection for men with kind of uh, mild erectile dysfunction, but there's no exercises or stretches or um, anything that has been shown to be super effective in that category. You know, there are different devices to help different conditions, like a condition where there's curvature of the penis. There's some devices that can help to straighten things back out, so to speak. Um, those have been shown to be effective, but there's not anything that's been shown to to give increased uh, length, length, girth, or uh, or quality of of the uh, the male member, so to speak. All right. And even those ones that uh, are for medical use, I'd imagine if you are experiencing something like that, probably best to visit a physician first and use those under the guidance of a physician, not just kind of do it yourself thing. Or is that OK? Absolutely. You want to be evaluated to make sure that you're a candidate um, for a lot of those devices. It's always smart to go see a doctor uh, when in, when in doubt, you should probably 
go and, and see a physician about things. Um, it just makes sense. And it's, it's safer that way to kind of be under the, the guidance of someone who's, who's done this before. Any downside to using those devices? Like, have you ever seen things go wrong with those sorts of things? So I, I've seen some folks come in with um, certain cultural injections that they've had put into into the penis and things that have promised to give increased size or or girth, um, where they've had an infection from that and had to had to have some things taken care of that way. I've, I've also seen people who've tried to inject uh, like caulk or silicone. What? Um, oh, yeah. Oh. What? Wow. How? Yeah. Where? It's like, oh, just like something from Home Depot, like exactly. some silicone caulk or something. Exactly. The oh. way I'm imagining that they would inject it. I mean, there's like one way that I'm thinking that gets in there. Well, and you're probably <laughs> thinking of it the right way. Okay. Um, wow. I've also had people who've come in with urinary oh, retention wow. who've placed things like that inside their urethra to try oh. to help with uh, with rigidity of, of their uh, erections. So, Wow. wow. There's a do-it-yourselfer right there. Yeah. Huh? So when you say inject, you're not talking. They don't have a needle. They're just going in, in the urethra right in, right in the oh, hole no, no, there. Oh, no, no. Both ways. With the both silicone. ways. Both ways. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's how they. A lot of them will get an infection under the skin because they've injected some of those things at times. So they've All injected right. with a needle under the skin and then just like shot it directly in the urethra. Mm-hmm. Wow, that just that sounds like a recipe for disaster. You uh, haven't had any of those come through the emergency room ever, huh, Troy? I have never seen that. You know, I, I, after 15 years of doing this, you think you've seen you know just about everything, but that is one thing. I, was, I mean, I've seen some crazy things and some crazy things people have put in their urethra, but I've never seen like silicone, like shot in the urethra. That sounds, that sounds awful. You must not work nights, Troy. <laughs> I, work, I work plenty of nights. Man. I just, that's one thing I haven't seen. It's crazy. I haven't seen it. So wow. all yeah, right. Interesting. All right. So question number two, is there any legitimacy to exercise to promote more size, girth or stamina? According to what Dr. Smith says, there's no real good research that says that there is. So don't spend your money on that stuff, I suppose. And don't be injecting either. But he did say, though, it's worth noting, you know, it sounds like, John, you did mention that exercise and diet can improve the quality of erections, maybe not necessarily like just the size of a man's penis, but, you know, sounds yeah. like there there's potentially benefit from, benefit from diet and exercise. And it comes back to that core four that we talk about here, you know, to stay healthy now and feel good now and in the future, you want to work on your nutrition, your activity, your sleep, your stress management, and of course, know your genetics as well and uh, manage those addictive behaviors and those nagging health issues, so... Diet, diet and exercise seems like it always comes back to that. All right. Question number three, our final question for our urologist, Dr. John Smith. Of course, you can use an alias if you'd like to, you know, like a obviously made up name like John Smith. Let's see who this is. Hi, uh, this is John Smith here, and I'm calling about the uh, Who Cares About Men's Health podcast. And I was just wondering if I found a lump on my testicle, is it cancer? Just curious. So Scott, were these were these guys all planted? Did you all tell them just to make up the name and call themselves John Smith? <laughs> on the face, on the what, Facebook. What are page, the odds? Well, but on the face, here's the thing. <laughs> on the Facebook page, I said if you are you know don't want to use your real name, use an yeah. alias like John Smith, and you can also say you could also say you're asking for a friend. You know, so I'm you trying. Totally, to make- you set all these guys up, dead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Smith, lump on testicle, does that mean cancer? 
It does not mean cancer. Uh, it can mean cancer, but it doesn't. It quite often does not mean cancer. There's the other thing is is a lot of men they like to say I have a lump on my testicle, and then I'll do an examination, and it's not even on the testicle. Um, there's something that's very common called an epididymal head cyst or an epididymal cyst. Sometimes people will call it a spermatocele. Uh, it's kind of a, a cystic little. Uh, area of the epididymis, which uh, they can continue to grow, get larger. Um, and a lot of times men will notice those and and they think that there's something going on. Um, I see quite a, quite a bit of those, especially uh, younger and middle-aged men. Uh, something that can actually be on the testicle itself that wouldn't be cancer would be a tunica albuginea cyst. Uh, or Albuginia, depending on who you ask and where they went to school. Um, <laughs> but it kind of feels like a BB right under the testicle. Um, they're generally benign. There's nothing really to them. It's just kind of a little fibrous um, little ball underneath the, the layer of the testicle um, there, and you can kind of feel it. It feels like a little BB. Um, but the best thing to do is if you're worried at all, come in and uh, we can order an ultrasound to make sure that there's nothing you know sinister going on. But it doesn't always mean that there, that it's cancer. Oftentimes it's benign. However, it's definitely worth getting checked out if there's any concern whatsoever. So, John, I guess that raises the question as well. You know, as a young man going through sex education in fifth grade, I was taught I should be examining myself every month in the shower to feel for lumps and bumps, get it checked out. And then that, from my understanding, it's kind of gone out of vogue. Is that something I sh we should be continuing to do that men should do? So I think self-examination is important. Um, the biggest thing is just knowing your body, knowing yourself. You know, I don't know that that marking the calendar for the 24th of every month uh, to, to check your your scrotum is the way to go. But, uh, you know. So you're I, saying I've been doing it wrong? I'm no, so, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying you're so probably weird. doing That's it just like, fine. Um, that's so you weird. Sounded... I was over at Troy's house and saw the calendar on his kitchen refrigerator. I'm like, well, that's weird, but okay. But now Scott's I understand. Like, Scott's like, what's TSE? It's Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think to know yourself. I mean, most guys, um, you know, if you have the opportunity to just, you know, check check things every once in a while and make sure that things are normal. And if anything feels abnormal, um, you know, it's worth coming in and having, having someone take a peek at it. Yeah. It sounds cool. like the, yeah. Oh, sorry, Scott. I was, you say, yeah. It sounds like though, um, from what you're saying though, you don't have to feel like you've got cancer. It's, it's no. worth checking out what percentage of these cases that you see actually end up being cancer. People that come in for lumps and bumps, they're, they're concerned about. So uh, for me, it's a lower a lower percentage that that I would see that are cancer. Most of them are these very small little lumps um, that end up being epididymal head cysts or uh, things like that. Testicle cancer, uh, you know, or testis cancer. You tend to have your testicle feels like a rock. It changes its consistency more so than just like a teeny little lump or bump. Those teeny little lumps and bumps are often benign. However, you will find some of those that, that are cancer. And so it's good to just get it checked out. But when you have testis cancer, oftentimes you'll see the growth of, of, uh, of the testis itself and it becomes, it changes in consistency. Now that's not a, an everyday all the time, but you know, it's always worth getting checked out regardless. 
Um, you know what? This is a podcast about uh, understanding, uh, you know, your health. And here I am not going to be as educated as I like to be. I discovered a lump uh, about 10 years ago, went in and it was, um, help me out here. It was, uh, a, it was benign. They did an ultrasound on it and it was on the spermicidal cord. That's not right. Cause yeah, the spermatic cord, uh-huh. spermatic cord. Yeah. It was just something yeah. on the spermatic cord and they just said, watch it. And if it ever starts hurting, that's when I need to come back. Otherwise, don't worry about it too much. Is that so? That's good in the, information. You did. That's in a similar family to those epididymal cysts. It's it's in a different location, um, but those cystic structures they just end up. If you think about, you know, just turns into a little sack of fluid, a little sack of water. Um, one other thing that guys will come in sometimes they'll say, "Oh, my testicle has gotten larger." There's something called a hydrocele where you can have a fluid buildup around the testicle itself that can make the testicle appear large or fill up the scrotum. Um, they can be quite large. Um, and again, you know, you can come in and we can take a look at it, uh, get imaging if we need to. Um, but that's again something that's not cancer. It's just a bag of fluid that develops around the testicle. Um, and and those things are all benign, and we just watch them. And, John, I think, you know, getting to your point here, this is kind of what I see, too, in the ER. We do occasionally see people who come in for this, and they find a lump. They're concerned. You know, they, they don't want to wait to try and get in to see a urologist. But it's a small percentage of the time it's cancer. But like you said, it's worth getting checked out, get an ultrasound, just make sure everything's okay. And but ultrasounds maybe- are relatively inexpensive, too. There's no reason not to get one, really. And probably not go to the ER for it. Uh, yeah, unless Troy's on at night, <laughs> unless it's a, yeah, unless it's it's three a.m. on a <laughs> Friday night, <laughs> right? Because I have nothing better to do. <laughs> please, please come in. There. Well, no, a lot yeah, of I, times, a good primary care doctor uh, will order an ultrasound for you and get you a referral to uh, to the urologist's office where you can get some peace of mind because um, specialists can be difficult to get into at times, but. All right. Well, that was a good session. How are we feeling about that? Uh, Dr. Smith, how do you feel about your first experience on the Who Cares About Men's Health podcast? I like it. It's it's a lot of fun. I think uh, I feel a little ill-prepared Ill at times because there's always more. I mean, in medicine, it's never just as simple as as the, the wham-bam, um, as Troy as Troy will tell you. But uh, no, I, I think this is this is great. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun having you on. And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Oh, boy. I tell you what, I'm uh, sure that everybody woke up this I morning. I thought it was thinking, this, Scott. I thought it was me clapping. Is that? <laughs> is I'm clapping? clapping? I'm clapping. Oh, I'm wow. clapping for John. He did a wow. great job. I've, I've warmed up to him now. I'm going to give him some applause. So it's great having you on here, John. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me. This has been this has been a lot of fun. All right. Time to end with a good urologist joke. Dr. Smith, go ahead. All right. What does the urologist say before he starts the procedure? What does the urologist say before he starts a procedure? Troy. Hmm. I don't know. I know what a urologist says if he or she has a breakthrough. They say urethra, but I don't know what the urologist says. (laughs) I don't know what the urologist says when they start the procedure. It won't be long now. Oh, Uh, that's my dad joke slash urologist joke. It it works for both. That's good. (laughs) Fine fine work. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Dr. Smith. And thank you for caring about men's health. Time for just going to leave this here. It could be something completely random or it might have something to do with health. I guess we'll find out now. Troy, kick it off. So, Scott, I'm just going to leave this here. You know, the silver lining in the pandemic, I think for a lot of us, I know you've talked about some different things you've done. But one thing for 
us is I've gained a greater appreciation of getting takeout. We have now done where we regularly getting takeout at least once a week from a local place. We like to try different places out. We've really had some pleasant surprises uh, in trying out new places where we'd never eaten before. But I think it's more just fun, the whole process, because, you know, we're taking our dogs with us. If we went to a restaurant to sit down and eat, we would never take the dogs. We're taking the dogs. They love going for a ride with us. I think it's the coolest thing to get in the car and, <laughs> you know, go somewhere. And um, now we are not eating the takeout in the car because usually our dogs are not the most well-behaved animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the takeout always goes home. <laughs> the takeout always goes home because otherwise the dogs are leaning yeah. over the takeouts and drooling in it. And, you know, so well, that, maybe you that never take goes the well. Takeout, yeah, maybe you could take the takeout to a park sometime, though. We they could. could watch, they could watch squirrels. and They could watch squirrels and then try and jump up on the picnic table and eat our takeouts. <laughs> Just going to leave this here. So last week we had um, Windmageddon, I don't know. What, what people are calling it. They call it the inland hurricane here in Utah and the Salt Lake area in the Valley where we had these category two hurricane winds. Now the difference being that we didn't have water and the other difference being the category two hurricane winds are constant. And these were just gusts would be up to category two, but it was windy enough to knock down a lot of trees, took our power out for about 36 hours. And it just really shocked me how dependent I am on power. Like mm -hmm. just one thing in our world, if it was to be disrupted, would just bring the entire country to a screeching halt. Our, you oh, know, yeah. like 30, 36 hours later, I, I, I tried to work like we, we were still supposed to, to supposed to work. But around 11 o'clock that morning, my laptop ran out of juice. My cell phone, because I was tethering it for Wi-Fi, ran out of juice. Hmm. And I, 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 I couldn't do anything else. I was done. Oh, yeah. My yeah. work was done, which just really kind of shocked me. And there are so many people that have it so much more worse. And the other weird thing was, you know, that was just limited to our area. So in other parts of the United States, it was just life as normal. But here life was just so disrupted without electricity. But talk about talk about that feeling of the haves and the haves nots. It was seven, eight at night. You know, the sun's going down. I look across the street. All the houses on the other side of the street, their lights are on. Like, that was us too. Wait yes. a second. This yes. is not fair. I'm over here. Yeah. I have nothing here. I am here in my 50 degree house with no heat. And my, my neighbors all are just, just, you know, enjoying it and their heat's on and their lights are like, wait, this isn't right. <laughs> that's when you, that's when you find an outdoor outlet at your neighbor's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Across the street. <laughs> that's a good thought. I did not do that. I should have. <laughs> All right, time to say the things that you say at the end of podcasts because we are at the end of ours. As always, thanks for listening. Please subscribe if you like the podcast so we can be sure to be in your podcast player of choice every single week, and we're on all of them. And if you want to reach out, Troy's got the details on that. Yeah, you can reach out to us. Drop us an email at hello at thescoperadio.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash whocaresmenshealth. Website is whocaresmenshealth.com. We actually have a listener line as well. You can call in and ask questions, and I'm hoping Scott has the number for that line. 601-55-SCOPE. Go ahead and write that down, Troy, and write that down, everybody else. 601-55-SCOPE. If you have any questions, comments, you just leave your message right there. Thanks for listening and thanks for caring about men's health.